Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, August 31st, 2023, and you've downloaded The Gateway from St. Louis Public Radio News. I'm Rod Milam, sitting in today for Wayne Pratt. Coming up later on in the podcast, we'll hear about how last year the city of St. Louis made big changes to civilian oversight of its police departments and jails, but getting things up and running has been a slog. We should be, as my grandmother would say, knee deep in the weeds right now. More about the slow pace is coming up in just a few minutes on the podcast, but first, the news headlines. There's a new effort to try and legalize abortion in Missouri, and as St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, the leader of the initiative petition says the ideas could find favor in a state with a strict abortion ban. Jamie Corley of the Missouri Women and Family Research Fund submitted six initiative petitions to Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft's office. All of them allow for abortions in the case of rape, incest, fatal fetal abnormalities, or risk to health or safety of the mother. Several would allow for the procedure up to 12 weeks of pregnancy. Corley says Missouri's ban on all abortions except for medical emergencies is too extreme. And it makes it dangerous to be a mom in Missouri. Changing this law is is urgent. Corley's group will have to gather more than 171,000 signatures for one of her proposals to make it to the 2024 ballot. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. A new poll of likely Missouri voters shows growing discontent with public schools. But St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports a large majority still think public school teachers should be paid more. St. Louis University and YouGov have been asking likely Missouri voters what they think about public schools since 2020. Over time, increasingly more people are saying schools are fair or poor, both locally and statewide. Stephen Rogers is an associate professor of political science at SLU and director of the poll. Individuals are more unhappy with their public schools in the state and additionally in their local community. What I can say from the polling results from other questions is that Missourians actually believe that some aspects of public schooling need more funding. Rogers says that includes higher teacher salaries and free meals for students. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. A popular Quincy, Illinois collegiate summer baseball team is not returning next season. The Quincy Gems owners, Jimmy and Julie Luthens, made the announcement on Tuesday. The couple cited sacrificing family time and a difficulty providing affordable seasonal entertainment. Bruce Guthrie is the president and CEO of the Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce. He says this is a loss for the region. It's a big thing for a community to have a team uh, and to be able to rally around that team. So not having it is going to hurt. And uh, the community has really supported them as best they can for many years. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. It's unclear what the 2024 season will hold. The couple have been the sole owners of the team since 2016, and the Luthans could not be reached for comment. Last year, the city of St. Louis adopted major changes to the civilian oversight of its corrections and police departments. The legislation championed by Mayor Tashara Jones created a separate division of civilian oversight, bringing the two boards under one umbrella. A full-time professional commissioner and staff of investigators would have broad authority to look into complaints. 
But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lipman reports, the new structure has taken a long time to get up and running. Matthew Brummond had recently retired from the FBI when he decided to apply to be St. Louis's first commissioner of civilian oversight. I had been working civil rights uh, within the FBI. I viewed it as a chance to do something positive. Brummond began his new job in June 2022 and quickly hired nine investigators. The first members of the Detention Facilities Oversight Board were sworn in that July. The Civilian Oversight Board had been reviewing police complaints since 2016. But the pushback was almost immediate. Police unions sued, blocking the new structure from taking effect. Though a judge later allowed the corrections portion to go forward, the Police Oversight Board has not met in more than a year. And from the beginning, Brumman says, the city made it nearly impossible for his office to get information. It became apparent that it was just uh, one objection after another, that even if this objection was cleared, another objection would take its place. We should be, as my grandmother would say, knee-deep in the weeds right now. The Reverend Daryl Gray is chair of the Detention Facilities Oversight Board. We should already be reviewing and making recommendations, uh, and, and none of that is happening. He says its members haven't even been able to get into the jail without an escort. The board thought of resigning en masse, but didn't want a new group to have to start over. Brummond, on the other hand, left after a year. Ruby Bonner, a longtime government official, is filling that role in the interim. The delay on the police side can be blamed mostly on the lawsuit, says Public Safety Director Charles Coyle. He says work is underway to vet new appointments to that board. On the correction side, he puts some responsibility on the members themselves. So if they're operating without the orientation training or without having the proper rules in place, it becomes a problem. Coyle says the members were aware of the requirements to get training and to have their policies and procedures reviewed by the city. Uh, I could not get a clear answer why it hadn't been done within a year. Gray says he and other advocates for civilian oversight should have taken more time to review the exact language of the law. But he notes that aldermen and the grand jury are allowed into the jail unannounced with no specialized training. Meanwhile, the problems at the jail continue. A detainee died of an unspecified medical emergency on August 20th. Two days later, several inmates took a guard hostage during breakfast. The city is investigating both of those cases, and that, combined with the incomplete training, means the jail oversight board and staff aren't able to do their own inquiry. Members are getting more and more frustrated. During a special meeting earlier this week, James Dom asked Interim Commissioner Bonner why the board could not conduct a parallel investigation. Uh, so any involvement whatsoever is interference for 180 that days? How, that's how I am construing it. I, I, I believe we have to take a more liberal approach to it as it relates to those investigations. So we're worthless. There's general agreement among supporters of civilian oversight that something needs to change in order to get it functioning as it should. But those lawmakers differ on solutions. Board President Megan Green and others are exploring changes to the current law, including making it easier for both the police and corrections oversight boards to get their own attorney. But 10th Ward Alderwoman Shamim Clark Hubbard, who shepherded the system to the mayor's desk, says it's more about getting the right people in the right positions. I don't know the specific position right now that it would change. I know one thing, the people that volunteered to sign up to do this work and were vetted several times um, to do this work, I, I would never put it on them. Hubbard says she remains committed to figuring out a solution. Victims of misconduct, she says, are counting on it.
I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. And our Fred Ehrlich edited that piece. St. Louis Public Radio is a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and music for today's podcast was by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rod Milam for St. Louis Public Radio News. Have a good day. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.